Explore the heart and soul of Outback Australia with Vision Tours. Travel to fantastic destinations like Broken Hill, Coobapedi, Uluru and Alice Springs. Visiting local churches and meeting people spreading God's word in remote communities. The Salt and Light Tour, in conjunction with Bush Church Aid, is a holiday that celebrates our faith. Join like-minded people from July 28 with Vision Tours. See full details at vision.org.au slash tours. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, on a Monday, we like to check in with the Australian Christian Lobby, get an update on what the political agenda looks like for the week ahead. And Dan Flynn, Deputy Director of the ACL, joining us today. Hello, Dan. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. It's an exciting week in politics. Neil, good to be here. Hey, Dan, things are heating up. Let's start with The Voice. We're all starting to really deepen our understanding of what this all means, a yes case, a no case. Uh, It actually, for some, will be something fairly simple, even an emotionally driven type of a a feelings-based thought about how you might vote in that referendum that's coming up later this year. Others are taking a little bit of a deeper view and they've got extra concerns that they want answered. What are you thinking about The Voice? Well, I think the point about extra concerns is a good point, Neil. Uh, This is a referendum that's being put to all all Australians in a compulsory vote. Um, And what we see, uh, what we saw last Thursday in a very emotional presentation from the Prime Minister was uh, quite a um, a mouthful to swallow in terms of the wording of this and, you know, his concept of the voice that he's going to put to the voters is that the the voice, a, a body of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people can make representations to the parliament and the executive government uh, on matters relating to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So, in other words, we're talking about representations to the public service, representations to the parliament. So that's an enormous amount of power. And so it's a little broader than, than you know, as many expected. And we think that many of the uh, government's own legal advisers at the highest level trying to get the wording back a bit so that it didn't apply to the executive government, that the idea that the voice is going to speak directly to the public service uh, is going to make this a risky proposition to pass. Um, Neil, this has got to pass not only the majority of Australians, but the majority in the six states. And that's always difficult. Uh, I think the last referendum that people faced was in 1999 on the the, um, Republic. And so most people, many, many people won't have any experience of this. It's going to be uh, quite a development, and obviously we, um, you know, respect uh, Indigenous Australians, but we do um, have a lot of questions about uh, the wording that's going to be put, and whether in fact uh, this some harm will come from this, um, and that's the concern, and that's why it needs to be examined, uh, not you know, on an emotional basis, uh, but on you know quite a logical basis. And let's hear what the constitutional lawyers have to say about it. When you say harm, Dan, uh, we're talking about harm to all Australians, but also harm to uh, those Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australians. Uh, it's challenging, isn't it, when you've got an emotional argument 
uh, when in mm. fact when you're talking about the constitution you're talking about something that is framed by lawyers and lawyers are mm. supposed to not necessarily be working with the emotions but working with the legal aspects there you've got a legal background uh, this is something that you know you've got to be able to put some sort of trust in what lawyers are saying are the dangers here well, I think that's right. I mean, this seeks to insert a whole new chapter into uh, our constitution. Uh, that probably matters to a lot of people who say are over 45. Uh, they're like, well, that's a big deal to our founding document. Uh, to many who are younger, that may not make any difference at all uh, because I don't think the constitution is well taught in our schools, uh, well, well understood or even well respected. So this will be a bit of a litmus test uh, for many on our constitutional Knowledge, But the idea of inserting a new chapter based on a motion, I think we ought to pause about. Like practically, Neil, uh, if a government department makes a decision and they fail to consult the voice, the voice could potentially take legal action. Uh, this is some of the discussion that's happening. So, um, you know, the voice could be in, involved in a lot of tribunals um, saying, look, we, we didn't get an opportunity to be represented on this particular uh, policy or um, legislative instrument. Um, it, it seems to be um, an overreach in the wording. Um, certainly, uh, we don't object to First Nations people being represented in the preamble of the Constitution. Hey, Dan, let's not waste a moment. Uh, the New South Wales state election on the weekend, a big win for Chris Minns and the Labor Party. What were your overall impressions? Well, it was a massive win for Labor in what was quite a clean contest between Two very good blokes, if I may say. Dominic Perrottet and Chris Minns, both uh, solid Catholic men. And I think something to celebrate uh, in this big win for Labor is that in the lead-up to the election, Chris Minns said that, uh, yes, they'll have some conversion legislation, uh, you know, much like, you know, um, the LGBT conversion legislation in Victoria and others, except it won't be like Victoria. Uh, they specifically will not ban prayer, and I think they're uh, saying, look, you know, where people seek uh, counselling by consent for same-sex attraction or something like that, uh, that may not be uh, banned. So Minns has made some strong statements that ought to be encouraged. And it's actually great that they are not having to govern in a minority situation, um, you know, relying on independents uh, who are pro-LGBT. So uh, good that they've had a good, clean result they can govern in the majority. That's excellent. In the upper house, uh, we are delighted that Mark Latham uh, has been elected. That's now a third One Nation candidate. There may be a fourth. And uh, it is the hope that the Conservatives will hold the upper house. That's yet to be decided. Um, it does appear that Lyle Sheldon, who ran as an independent, has not obtained an upper house seat. I think he, he has obtained about 1% of the vote. He's done a terrific job, may I say, but it doesn't appear to be enough to have obtained a seat in the upper house. So um, great news for Mark Latham. Um, not so great for Lyle Shelton, but we all know Lyle. Uh, he's an absolute uh, trooper on Christian values. He'll just keep going. So, um, yeah, three cheers for Lyle. And, of course, uh, Dominic Perrottet is stepping out of his role leading the Liberals and uh, he will now make way for a new leader 
I'm wondering if you've got any thoughts here because uh, the uh, former deputy Matt Keane was touted as being a new leader and uh, but he's revealed that he's not putting himself forward. So no doubt there'll be a process and a new leader for the Liberals in the coming days. Well, I think that's right. And uh, Matt Keane's far too left, I think, to lead that party. And um, I think he probably knows it himself. So it's good he's ruled himself out. And um, yeah, the rest is an open field. And, uh, yeah, I don't have any inside knowledge on it, uh, not being a New South Welshman um, uh, by origin. Victoria is more my thing. <laughs> hey, Dan, uh, Victoria is more your thing. Let's uh, turn our attention to Victoria for a few moments because uh, a Liberal in Victoria, uh, under threat, uh, being expelled out of the Liberal Party, Moira Deeming, and over that whole issue with Let Women Speak and... Uh, then being gate-crashed by various parties. What's your thought on what's happening with Moira Deeming in Victoria? Well, she has been in the party room meeting now for an hour and 24 minutes, and we're still waiting for an outcome as to whether uh, she has been expelled. And as you outlined, Neil, she's she attended a pro-women rally, and, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's all she's done. It was gate-crashed by... Others, but I think it's been. Um, there are many who have been very concerned about her um, her traditional views that are both pro life and uh, pro biological women. Uh, that that has uh, put her on the watch list uh, for some time before the rally last or the weekend before last. So in that meeting, there were 31 MPs, and by a majority, they will either retain or expel her, and. Um, yeah, it's going to be close. My um, sources close to the ground tell me this is going to be very close. I expect we'll know in the next half an hour or so uh, whether she um, yeah, stays in the party or otherwise. Uh, no doubt uh, if she's expelled, she will be an independent. Uh, she may uh, join a, another minor party. Uh, but uh, Moira uh, is a friend of the Australian Christian lobbies. Uh, she's a champion uh, Christian person. And I certainly encourage your listeners to be praying for her now uh, as she's in that meeting. So that meeting is on right now and it's been running for one hour, 25 minutes and 54 seconds. As you're counting those, Dan Flynn, and as you say, maybe there'll be a result from that around Mm. about a half an hour from now. Hey, an important Mm. by-election coming up, the Aston by-election. What's happening there? Well, um, it's an interesting one. This has been a very safe Liberal seat for a very long time. Uh, Alan Tudge, um, I suppose he lost about 11% on his margin when he stood at the last federal election last year. Uh, The reality is there that his own personal conduct uh, cost much of that vote. Um, That seat is now held by the Liberals by about 2%. Uh, Rashina Campbell is the Liberal candidate. Mary Doyle is the Labor candidate. Uh, this will be um, a must-win uh, election for Peter Dutton. If he can't hold Aston, if that goes to Labor, uh, that's going to be problematic for his leadership. And um, I suppose a couple of negatives for him going into that. Uh, what we saw in the New South Wales election, a big swing to Labor. There seems to be a fair bit of uh, pro-Albanese sentiment in all of that. And um, this more redeeming incident... Uh, plays badly for the Liberals, uh, for Aston, because it's the Liberals in disarray. Uh, it's um, you know, fighting amongst themselves, all of that. So 
Uh, the Aston by-election um, next Saturday, I think, is going to be the um, uh, a bit of a concluding note on um, uh, whether Albanese or, or Dutton uh, have the upper hand. Uh, it's something that a seat that Dutton should retain. Um, but, yeah, the, the more redeeming thing plays well for Labor because uh, if they expel more redeeming, uh, that's, that's going to look bad. If they retain her, the left will argue that somehow they're pro-Nazi. So, um, yeah, Aston's going to be close. Can I say this? We've sought to have Rashina Campbell and Mary Doyle speak to the Christian constituency um, at the Knox Baptist Church. Neither of them, neither of them were willing to speak. So uh, that doesn't um, play well, actually, for either candidate. Okay. Hey, and another one in Victoria too, uh, where just days after Basketball Victoria revealed that biological males will be allowed to participate in elite women's uh, female competitions, World Athletics has banned transgender athletes from competing in female track and field <coughs> events, citing fairness over inclusion. Uh, you've been monitoring that one along. What are your thoughts here, Dan? Well, I think, Neil, to be fair, you know, um, the reason... In- really this relates I think a lot to the Paris Olympics, that, you know, um, to create a space for women uh, historically to compete, there's had to be a separate category for females. And that's so that they uh, can compete, can be recognised, can win. And so I think taking a broad historical approach, World Athletics have said, we must protect this category. We must protect this category of female sport from invasion by biological men. So at the highest level, at the Olympic level, uh, that is a ruling, it's a good one. And what you're seeing with, say, Basketball Victoria is kind of more at the uh, amateur end where they're saying, look, let everybody play, let's be inclusive. So, um, you know, they're kind of counterbalancing the ruling of um, world athletes. Um, But um, uh, it's an incredibly strong signal for the Paris Olympics that... um, Women uh, need protection uh, in their own sport uh, from, I suppose, the invasion of people who are stronger than they are. Yes, it's challenging. And as you say, uh, when the next Olympics rolls around, uh, that gives something of a deadline to resolve a lot of these issues uh, on a global scale. Uh, Dan Flynn, Deputy Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, let me point listeners to the ACL website where you can keep abreast of all of these sorts of issues as they are developing. Uh, lots of great resource there to be able to access on the ACL website, acl.org.au, acl.org.au. Dan Flynn, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. That's my pleasure, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.